So, welcome to this day. We are now solidly in the heart of the retreat. Time to recommit. A time to keep going. A time to rest. A time to engage. We've been, even in these, I guess it's four days, we've been pouring in a lot. A lot. A lot. So having ease with all of these um, possibilities of engagement for your practice and an acknowledgement of the need for rest and relaxation as the body continues to just settle and reveal its natural state. It's inevitable when one comes on retreat that we become present to uh, discomfort and challenge and pain, both the physical and the body as well as the emotional, um, which we're going to be talking more about over the next couple of days. So taking some time to just offer you some uh, supports, some ports, especially uh, or particularly as it relates to physical pain, but can also be engaged with in terms of emotional pain. So there's this pain that arises from the body when it's sitting in positions that it's not used to or for long periods of time. Then there's also the physical pain that arises from energetic release of tension and holding. And I think that that's really big time in our community. Then there's the discomfort of physical pain sensation arising from stories and historical experiences that the body has encountered in a lifetime. And for some of us, there's this condition of chronic pain that we manage on a daily and ongoing basis. These physical sensations happening that are unpleasant and perhaps difficult. So just naming that and acknowledging that. It's not a failure on your part. It's not something you are doing or not doing. It's the arising the natural state of things. So we've offered so far some uh, uh, ways of being with that and working with that, establishing mindfulness, mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of the breath, mindfulness of sound, and noticing the pain and being with the pain. As we become more resourced, we can become curious about it and not bring judgment or aversion or story to this experience of discomfort or pain, but really bringing curiosity and noticing this is pain. What's happening here? Bringing this quality of mindfulness to exploring pain without the stories. as we take a bit of time to incline our awareness towards being with this exploration of pain and discomfort, just noticing how the posture is there now. 
Are there adjustments to be made mindfully? Breathing the body. Noticing the array of sensations happening in the body in this moment. Is there vibration, warmth, coolness, heaviness, tingling, burning, movement, opening, spaciousness? Just noticing what is so with the body and the heart and sensations in this moment and the next and the next. As you open to the body, perhaps there is a sensation that you are experiencing in one particular place that grabs your attention that's been there for the last four days, possibly. Notice that. Notice the mind perhaps bringing story to that experience. Oh, no, I'm going to ruin my knees sitting in this position for two days. I'll have to go to the doctor. I really made a commitment to not move during this sit, so I'll have to endure this. And on and on and on, the proliferation of the mind making the stories. Perhaps you're noticing you're being pulled throughout the body and there is not a localized point of sensation. Feeling present, feeling the aliveness of the body, staying with the direct experience of physical sensations and not getting lost. This can be the usefulness of the breath or the sound place of attention in terms of an anchor. In terms of working with this discomfort and any particular difficulties of pain that come and go, we really want to be mindful of not bringing aversion, not having aversion come forward, but being in the pain, being in direct relationship to the pain or the sensation or the experience as best you can. And then when it's time to retreat, so to speak, bringing your attention back to the breath or back to sound. Maybe even thinking about exploring around the edges not having to take a deep dive into the difficult sensation. Making an effort to become intimate with this uh, uh, Mm. arising conditions. Yeah, bringing uh, compassion and grace towards this body. Noticing resistance, fighting against what is so now and how that actually concretizes or can assist the challenges of relaxing. It's perfectly fine to use a cushion to prop the knee up or one of the square little squares to put under your ankles. That used to be a problem for me when I sat on a cushion. My ankles would ground on the wood floor. Yeah. So it's not about, in, in one of the groups yesterday, um, uh, one of our Sangha members was talking about building a throne in an effort to create comfort. And Joseph has a really good story about that on Dharma Seat, <laughs> if you want to look it up. So we're not building thrones, 
but we are looking for ways to support the body and the mind and the heart uh, in terms of not being impeded or deterred from practice. So that's a little bit about working with pain. And you can apply the same uh, skillful means to emotional pain. And, you know, a lot of times we can interpret that emo- it's much more difficult, right? Because the emotions are involved. It's not as solid. I say that with quotes. As the pain in the body. But you can apply these same ways in terms of working with emotional pain. So today I just want to introduce um, briefly the second foundation of mindfulness, which is Vedana. Vedana. Vedana is the pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral aspects of feeling tone. Different from emotion, right? Um, yeah. Feeling tone are the nuances of the experience. So emotion might be a response or reaction to an experience or an arising. A feeling tone is kind of the qualitative experience of that. Right? And even though it's... Um, maybe, I don't know, this might be an assumption on my part, not practiced as diligently as some of the other foundations, it's actually one of the strongest drivers of our actions. So when you look at um, how you're being with the physical body, how you're being with emotions, how you're being with thoughts, um, which Aaron's going to speak about tomorrow, the thing that drives the response to that is whether we're experiencing it as unpleasant, pleasant, or neutral. Clearly unpleasant would bring big time aversion forward, right? And I say um, big time, even though we may not be experiencing it big time, the subtleness, the subtleness of the ways and many manifestations of aversion, yeah? Then if we're experiencing something in a pleasant feeling tone, ah, that brings a great rush of attachment. Right? And most people, um, when we think about or when we start to talk about neutral, a lot of people experience that as boredom. But it's a really good investigation to do because oftentimes boredom is really some subtle form of aversion. And I think um, in uh, our lives and the way we live and how things happen and whatnot, um, we don't often have periods or moments of neutral. We're either filling in that space or the external is filling in that space. And I come to understand from myself and my practice, neutral is actually when I can gain a moment of freedom because I'm not being driven to make some decision or take some action by trying to avoid or hold on.
within this realm, this feeling tone, the Vedana, the pleasant, the unpleasant, the neutral. There's this aspect um, that is part of this uh, phenomena uh, that's spoken about in the story of the second arrow. Some of you may have heard this. Right? So the, the first arrow is the contact with whatever. Something happens. There's some pain. There's some difficult. There's difficulty. There's some trauma. There's a, there's a something that happens. That's unavoidable. Being human beings, being alive, having a nervous system, we're going to experience pain. But then what happens, because we are human beings and we do have the conditioning of mind to want to uh, uh, get away from or, or hold on to, the second arrow comes into play, right? The second arrow. <laughs> the other day, um, we were going home, leaving to go back to the teacher's village and Clearly, I wasn't paying attention, and I um, hit my head on the corner of the car door. I'm going to have to look at my karma with cars. I've slammed my finger in a car door. I don't know what the, that was a long time ago, but uh, two days ago, I hit my head uh, on the corner of the car door, and almost immediately, this big egg came up on my forehead. And I was like, Aaron! Am I going to die? Wake me up. Make sure you know I don't have a concussion. Like all the second arrow stuff happened in that immediate moment of hitting my head on the car door. I kept going to the mirror and checking it. Should I put ice on it? Shouldn't I put ice on it? Oh, a little bit of suffering there. Yeah, you hear it? (laughs) But then because I have momentum of practice, after about an hour, hour and a half, I said, well, this is it. If I die in my sleep, I'm gone. Yeah, so to be able to lean into the practice in such that it kicks in um, in those moments. So it's not that I don't suffer or that we don't suffer, but that we spend a minute there as opposed to five hours, five days, five weeks, five months, five years. And that's the game we're up to. That's what this practice provides for us. Not denying our humanness, but reconditioning how we've been experiencing how to live. That's where the freedom comes. So as you do your sit this morning, it might be really uh, beneficial to explore working with this Vedana, this pleasant, this unpleasant, and this neutral. Get familiar with how you experience it in your body so that you can begin to recognize when it comes into play in your everyday living. So finding a comfortable position. Being relaxed and nobly sitting. Checking in, is there support placement? 
always think of when I'm sitting, just beginning at the door with the breath. And then moving through to engage other aspects of meditative practice. That may be useful. It's a really good way to just arrive. Yeah. And come forward to being here now. Sitting and knowing that you are sitting. Masks up, settling, opening to wisdom and love, taking refuge, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, precepts, guidelines for conduct, body, breathing, Posture, relaxed, be here now. Walking meditation. Practice like playing jazz. Heart restored, becoming real. Training the mind. the Four Noble Truths, happiness, knowing who you are, your deepest nature, mysterious, alive, a deeper way of perceiving, Flexibility, animus, the activity of awareness, allowing nature to reveal itself, awakening happens here and now. the cultivation of clear seeing, of perception. A radical reorganization, intuitive knowing, divesting from the non-truth systems of destruction, whether internal or external. Devotion on the heart level. Namo. What's not wrong? It's not about the cheese. The heart's innermost request. A practice for our whole lives. Letting it be. 
being compassioned. A seed, growth, finding one's own true north. Follow what we love. Liminal spaces. Notice what you are aware of. Rooted, earth sitting on earth. Receptive awareness. Sound, hearing. Saturate with awareness. Let the breathing fill the mind. Let the mind fill the breathing. Anchor. Slowing down enough. Too much time and not enough time. Encountering our life. the present, a way of blessing our past memory, purify your view, surrender the future, settling in again. Don't do it. Natural breath. Surrender the body to gravity. Release the racing. Where is love needed? Notice what is included Notice what is excluded. Interest, opportunity, or necessity. Not greed, not hatred, not delusion. We love our aversion to death. open with equanimity. Love. Just love.
the little duck. Now we're ready to look at something pretty special. It is a duck riding the ocean a hundred feet beyond the surf. No, it isn't a gull. A gull always has a raucous touch about him. This is some sort of duck and they cuddle in the swells. They aren't cold and he's thinking things over. There's a big heaving in the Atlantic and he is a part of it. She looks a bit like a Mandarin or the Lord Buddha meditating under the bow tree. But she has hardly enough above the eyes to be a philosopher. She has poise, however, which is what philosophers must have. He can rest while the Atlantic heaves because he rests in the Atlantic. Probably they don't know how large the Atlantic is and neither do you. But they realize And what does he do, I ask you? He sits down in it. He reposes in the immediate as if it were infinity, which it is. They have made themselves a part of the boundless by easing themselves into just where it touches them. I like the duck. She doesn't know much, but she's got religion. So good morning, really hoping your heart is well today, in spite of or despite of whomever the visitors are. So a couple of announcements and then we'll have a few minutes if there's a couple of questions. Uh, just a precautionary request um, that if you're walking um, later in the day, especially when it's like hazy like this and darkness starts to come, dusk starts to come, one, you might want to think about it <laughs> before doing that. 
Um, but if you do need to take a walk or want to take a walk, please wear one of the um, orange vests that are hanging up or light clothing. One of our neighbors last night um, had a challenge in terms of someone being on the road and them not seeing that person. So really be mindful of that, especially with the ice, there's not a lot of uh, leeway on the side of the road. One-in-one -one practice meetings start today and they'll continue through Thursday. So make sure you're looking at the board so you don't miss when your time is. And there's been one change on my schedule. So if Anna O would look at the board to see when your time has changed too. Hold on one sec, okay. Um, yeah. Okay, and then the last thing is um, there's still two of you that need to take your second test, your second uh, rapid test. So if you could check in with the office as early today as possible, um, they'd appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. I'm not sure there's an Anna O. Oh. Um, I, I'm an Anna B, and I think there's one other Anna. Is there a hand of Anna O in here? Okay. Hmm. Not for you to worry about, my dear. <laughs> we will handle it. Um, so, Anna's, check the board after you give us a few moments um, when we walk out of here, okay? Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Let's see, I think that's it in terms of announcements. Yeah. Okay. Any other announcements? Okay. Yeah, so if there's one or two questions in relationship to practice, that would be great. We're still planning on having a question and response time for opening up to whatever. But uh, for this morning, if it could be about practice, that would be great. Right there in the back with your hand up. Thank you. Uh-huh. Excuse me, what's that? The witch practice? The Vedana practice. Oh, the Vedana practice? Okay, yes. That's okay, no worries. Sort of clinging that you're 
you're seeking to be, and I wouldn't think that you're seeking to be neutral to get it. I feel like that's a goal necessarily, you know. So I'm wondering if you could clarify a little more about next steps in terms of actual practice. Ooh, let's see if I can run that back. Um, <laughs> no, I heard the question. It's just a matter of whether I can repeat it or not. Um, so I think the two things that stand out for me and what you were saying in terms of a question is our positive um, feeling states always associated with attachment um, and seeking. And then there was, oh, the, the, after that later on. Um, don't worry about it. It's all in the ether. <laughs> Um, so let me just say this. So to make the connection or to um, look at the connection possibly between always, right, positive or pleasant um, and attachment or aversion, it's, we can be peaceful and easeful and joyful and having pleasant and knowing that that's what's going on and looking, just taking a look like I did with the bump on the head, like um, what's happening here? You know, um, and you start to discover what your tendencies might be. Like, is there always a tendency towards pleasant when this circumstance or situation or whatever shows up? And the same thing with the, um, oh, I know what I was going to say. And the same thing with difficult or challenging um, um, circumstances. And also, interesting um, for you to investigate, because you know your internal sense of yourself and your practice. And so um, interesting use of the word positive. And then I associate negative, like the, the, as opposed to pleasant. Un so there's already a little subtle judgment in there that pleasant is positive. And aversion is negative. So this kind of exploration, those would be, when you say the next step, those would be some of the next steps to really investigate what you're experiencing, what your mind is doing with it, what the second arrows might be about any. But very, very, so happy you took it on to, to work with it a little bit in these uh, 20 minutes or so that we were meditating. And as I said at the outstart when I introduced it, it's kind of the fuel to action. You know, Vedana is the fuel, meaning like the gas, <laughs> to action and choices. So it's very important um, to actually practice with it and get familiarity with that to the degree where it's just there for you and you're knowing and you're not actually thinking about it or identifying, but it's actually there. You know, oh, yeah, I want more of that. I don't know if that's so good. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Another question? Yes. Can you help me uh, rephrase the way you guys are using the term um, purification or purification? I have such negative Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, and you're not the only one, I'm sure. So the way I'm using purification. I can only speak to um, for myself and Erin or Matthew if you want to add anything and feel free. But the way I'm using purification is more kind of like a detoxing of the system, a detoxing of the mind and the heart and the body um, from an accumulation of toxic whatever or unskillful or negative or you know whatever but it, that's the way I use it. 
being an African-American, I also have a lot of issues with the word purity. So I would never use that word. I use purification, but I would never use the word purity. Um, and in practice-wise, that's an interesting edge for you to practice that maybe even, the aversion to the word and what your choice is going to be about how you engage or not engage with the word. Like I made the choice not to engage with the word purity. But I do use purification in relationship um, uh, to the manner of detoxification. Yeah. You want to add anything? No? Okay. All right. Well, it's uh, about that time. And um, as I said, we'll have more Q&R, maybe a really spirited conversation um, before the end of the retreat. But really, this is the this is the sweet time of the retreat. You know, we've landed. A lot of the stuff we had to kind of put down or put away for now is done. And there's still a lot of time in front of us. So really just double down with your effort, but not in a striving way. But <laughs> yes, I know most of us are from the United States in here. So I use that word, talk about words. Yeah, but double down and really um, give yourself the... Um, the word that's there, I don't know if it's the right word to use, but the reward of getting here. You had to do a lot to get here. So really honor that gift that you've given yourself and use time wisely. Have a good day of practice. And don't forget that Anna's checked the board in about one minute.